Welcome, welcome once again to the Ashy Knuckle Podcast. I'm your host, Brian W. I got Mosey P and Marky G with me today. What's up, fellas? What it is? I'm back. He's the back. return. The return of Marky G. Wow. <laughs> you came back at the perfect time. We had some absolute Ashy Knuckle moments this weekend, my G. Yes, we did. Ooh, 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 ooh. Every single fight we have, I mean, every fight in the top three could qualify for an ashy knuckle moment of the week. I got so, mine. I got mine. I got mine. Yeah, I, I think mine. you uh, got yours. You definitely got yours, <laughs> Brian. You got yours for sure. You, it's like called it. It, it just you called out. Called out. You called it. I got my it. moment. It might be the same as Brian's, but I got my moment. I, I got mine though. I got mine. I got mine. I didn't call it though, but I got mine. Oh, it I didn't call it. Weekend. Good weekend, man. It was some crazy fights. This card had some really good moments. I was very surprised at some moments, intrigued slash confused, and absolutely screaming my head off at some. I got bro. I got Kevin drunk. Word? Yes. Koshinobi? I got him. Yeah. I was I didn't think uh he would he would at first he was kinda like no but apparently he likes bourbon. My dog likes bourbon. No. Yep. No. That's his drink. No. I only after all these years we've been trying to find out what how can we get alcohol into this man. This is he like thirty two or something? Like how old is he now? Uh, Kevin's 30, like 34. Bullshit. No, no joke. No joke. After all these years. Yeah, I think this, uh, four year. No, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. 32 might be the number. Still, after all these years. Bro, he got a double. What? Neat. 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 Oh, he got a double neat. He was fucked up real quick. Yes. I was, I was like, I was, I looked at him like, Okay, okay, I see. I can hear the hair on his chest growing, bro. My it dog, a, Kevin. It was a good moment. Uh, let's get right into this card. Um, I, I, we, I ended up watching it. I ended up having to go to Egypt to see this card, man. Cause Why you had to go so far? Apparently, we weren't playing it uh, at my alehouse. San Jose? Right, they, weren't, they didn't have it. Why? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Not all the. Not all the ale houses have it after, since COVID. So, uh-huh. I think the only one that did was OP and the one on Hodges. But you should have went to the trap. OP was it was packed. Like it was all. Um, yeah, you should have went to the trap. <laughs> <laughs> they were telling me like an hour waiting. I'm like, I'm not waiting an hour, man. Like. Yo, yo, watch it outside from the fucking the parking lot. Yeah, that park probably outside and watch the video. <laughs> right? Ooh. No, them, them, them damn TVs they got out there. Yo, Hooters is closed out there though, right? I think so. Okay, okay, okay. Besides the point, this is UFC pay per view was spectacular from what I saw because I only saw the last three fights and I saw the third to last fight from the second round. 
So I don't know what you guys saw. You guys probably saw something incredible beforehand. We have some new blood in the in the UFC. Mark, did you get to watch the entire card? I watched the main card. Woo! I saw the entire main card. I missed nope. the first two fights and then the first round of the third fight. So there was some fireworks on the prelims. Educate me, please. Okay, so apparently there's this new another New Zealander, another city kickboxing guy who's trying to make some noise. He earned himself a nice knockout victory on the prelims. That's what um, I've been hearing. Like there's a lot of knockouts from this past card. They were pretty much. I, I, I'm trying to think of what fight wasn't a finish. I'm having to go like deep into the memory banks, but right now, man, like, hold up, hold up. You're telling me there's like fights where you have to think about there wasn't a finish? Most of the fights were finishes. Wow. Yeah, Most- all except like half the prelims. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was pretty much all, all KOs. All KOs and, and stoppages. Some some six submissions too. Damn we got it. a new Von Flute. Yeah, uh, that, that too. Bro, mm-hmm. the, yeah, Alonzo Menafield. Menafield. He put, what? Yes, he did it, or he received it. He, he was it. on the he he was on the the winning end. He dealt it. He dealt the cards in okay. the first okay. minute. Okay. God, my I called, God. I was at the bar, and man, when he walked out, I'm like, this fight can't go past one man, round. There's no way. I just want to give a, a small shout-out to Tomas. Thank you for inviting me over to your house and for me missing this choke. Thank you. Yeah, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shout-out to Tomas. Great times, bro. I missed the choke. Good shit. <laughs> I appreciate Tomas not inviting me to this barbecue because I got to see the that was ridiculous. Um Menafield was actually in trouble in that that sequence. He had um his opponent had a deep guillotine in. Yeah? Yes. Prelims? Is that prelims? I got prelims. it recorded, so I might have to check it. That was a, actually that was the main event of the prelims. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, see that one. Oh, uh, it was good, man. It was good. I think his name is Fabio Sherratt, the guy who got Von Flew. But, bro, the angle on that Von Flew was what made it sick because it was technically, it, I mean, it was a Von Flew, obviously, but the angle of it was like a arm triangle because he was on, he was on top in a guillotine, and dude never let it go. Like he never let the guillotine go, and got choked out. Wow! It was like yeah, he see him tap. He was like, "Wait, what? Huh? Like, hold on. Are you supposed to be the one choking him out? Is like that? I'm like, that's his line. Whoa! Lines. I got, I got, I gotta check that one out. It was good. It was really good, man. Um, Mark Andre got TKO. That was also the prelims. Um, we got a couple, We got three straight split decisions in the middle of that. And that was right up until the main event. Um, shout out to Omar Morales, Michael. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a long last name. And 
Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Got no relation. Oh, all relation. All relation. Cousin. Yes. Yes. Cousin. Brother. He's Khabib. Habib's cousin. Oh, cousin. Cousin. Yeah. Okay. Cousin. Khabib was in his, his corner. Yep. And Coach Khabib. Yep. Coach Khabib. Coach Habib. Coach Habib. 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 K is silent. K is and silent. In classic, and in classic Habib fashion, he won 3027, 3027, and 3027. Okay. The cousin. Cuz. Good stuff. Um, also, man, we got a uh that that um, Australian that I was telling you about, City Kickboxing, we got to watch out for Jamie Malarkey. Um, Malarkey. I know that. Yeah. Not uh, the football coach. Not Mike Malarkey. Yeah, not the football coach. Yeah, this dude's from down under. Um, um, over there where they got killer spiders, snakes, and koalas. Right? Yeah, man. He's, that's what, he's, he's, he's from the... He's from the bottom, past the equator. Um, Kamal really came into that fight as a pretty big favorite. Uh, I think he was like two to one or three to one favorite, and he got uh, first round TKO'd, knocked a knockout by Jamie Malarkey, and it was nice. Oh, that's the uh, the first fight in the main card. First fight in the main card. So yeah, I missed those two. The first two. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a recap. I'm, I'm gonna give you a rundown, and then the other one, uh, Miranda Maverick, young chick, fought Gillian Rob, uh, Gillian Robertson, redhead, the redhead, redhead from um, yeah, she, yeah. she trains with Dean, with Herb, Herb Dean, Dean Thomas. She trains with Herb Dean. Oh, word, <laughs> with Herb Dean, nice. The way about fights and stuff, huh? <laughs> like the fight itself was not bad, like that. It was mostly back and forth of technique because one, one Miranda, bro, her stand up was legit. Yeah, she was piecing, yes, she was piecing uh Jillian up on her feet, like it was crazy. Um, Jillian, you can tell she's like got that, that veteran savvy, she was able to avoid some of the heavier strikes and not get knocked out. But, and she rolled with some punches here and there. But Miranda had, like, it was clear that as long as this fight stays standing, it's Miranda's fight. Uh, however, Jillian was able to get her to the ground and control her for most of the second round. But that was much short-lived because third round happened. And uh, third round, it was all Miranda again. She was able to, like... So who won that fight? Miranda Maverick got the unanimous decision. Unanimous. Okay. Yeah, one judge. One judge had it twenty nine twenty eight, which I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, he might have. He might have. He might have saw something. Listen, even when Jillian Robertson had Miranda Maverick on her back, she was still getting damaged. Mm-hmm. She basically she did control the fight because she had it. She she took she initiated takedown. And she kept her there, but like, man, that Miranda Miranda Maverick was very impressive. Was it one of those head scratchers for the referees? Uh, I don't think so. It was it was pretty like okay. So Jillian was like holding her on, and she she had an armbar attempt, but Miranda was poor. She did all the damage. 
Okay. Also, the real impressive part is as many times as Miranda was in trouble, she adapted very quickly. So she is a great student and a great prospect to keep an eye on. Yes. So we're going to have at least um, two fighters to keep our eyes on. That is Miranda Maverick and that Amy Malarkey because both were extremely impressive. Okay, so we could go forward with the uh, the three, I guess you could say, main events for the card that most people probably would tune into or be like me and just catch it at the right time. The O'Malley versus Almeida fight. Yeah, once again, shout out to Tomas. So I enjoyed the uh, pierogies and kielbasa. Even though I don't think there's no pierogies, but kielbasa was on point. By the way, O'Malley, I seen it from the second round. He looked like, to me, he was dominating the fight. And then the third round, that boy, whew. He's he's very talented, very talented. What he did in that third round with the uh, the last punch on the ground was that necessary? Absolutely necessary. I think it was absolutely 100%. super necessary. Super, because from what I seen afterwards, where he almost finished him in the first round, right? Right. Yes, no, he, he put that man down on the floor, and the ref said, "No, you gotta keep going," or whatever he said. That's the ref's fault. If if I was Thomas Almeida, but man, what why you gotta do me like that? <laughs> that last hit, yo, did you see that last hit? That last hit looked like it hurt. Like it looked like it hurt everybody in this whole family tree. Like, Jesus. Like, I still feel it from, like, now, and I wasn't even there. Like, it was an eruption of the floor. It was chaos. It was bam, bam. Ouch. That's all I got to say about that. What do you think, Mark? I mean, yeah, sure shot. He, he did his thing. He's a great striker. I thought some of his footwork was a little off. I couldn't tell if he was just trying to be different or if he was actually having some issues. Uh, it worried me for a little bit, but no, he was in that. And if the man can stop just trying to get every second of the highlight reel and just focus, I think he is dangerous, dangerous. And this is the first fight that I actually give him the most credit for because Thomas Almeida is a tough fight for almost anyone. He's a new prospect too, and he had his most of his losses have come from legit people. So I give him all the respect for that. Now the the last punch always necessary. The ref doesn't stop it. You don't want another incident like the first round where you got to give Almeida props there too because the fact that he took that and he was done and then recovered and got right back in the fight. Man's tough. So, Very tough. Yeah. I, I could go back to uh, some old school stuff right quick with uh, Mark. In fact, you remember when we were both uh, looking at Almeida against uh, Cody Garbrandt at your old crib. Yes. 
And we we was all on the side of uh, Almeida because, you know what I mean, Garbrandt, he was just like, what, a couple fights in, pretty face, yeah. tattooed up, you know what I mean? And we thought Almeida was going to get him, undefeated versus undefeated. And he yes. got starched by Cody. And we was just like, ah, oh, man. Dang. That was the beginning of the rise of Cody. Yeah. Like, we we done seen him lose to some good people. That's what I'm saying. His losses are yeah, all he, legit. He losses. don't lose to scrubs. No. Exactly. So it's good for uh, O'Malley to get this dub over a very talented striker. A Brazilian that now, doesn't really go to the ground, which is intriguing. I will say that my final thought on O'Malley, though, is I see him as the future Dominic Cruz, only fighting once every couple of years because of injury. Ooh, bold prediction. Bold prediction. Uh, O'Malley's footwork, as you kind of alluded to, Mark, was a little funky, but I think it was a mix of him eating a few big leg kicks and him trying to be goofy. Because he was, you know, messing around with Almeida. Because apparently he made a comment about, in a post fight, he made a comment about, you know, oh, all you got to do is kick his legs and then he's out of there. So he was kind of like being goofy, like dancing around, doing goofy little dances after he got hit to show like, okay, I'm not hurt. You know how kind of guys will do that? Like they'll smile when they get punched. And that's how you know they got hit hard. Yeah, he was just being, I think he was being a little bit of a showman with his footwork, and that's why it looked a little goofy. That's why I was saying, like, I'm not sure if it really was, like, injury-prone or if it was just he was being weird with it, but it, it looked off to me, and I, I just, I was probably paying attention a little too much because I was looking for them injuries. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same camp. I think that um, uh, O'Malley, O'Malley clearly has talent, especially when it comes to his striking and using his range, which he has a big advantage over most guys in that division. Him being a taller um, prospect for that division, he has the talent to be able to like put people's lights out. Like you see him, and it's all technique. He's not relying on brute power. On really, all he, he's using basically just timing and technique, and that's it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, that first round. Where he could have had Almeida out of there, the what he I mean he hit him with a right hand, dropped him, and just walked off. And while that looks cool, you gotta finish your food, man. Like you don't want to let wait. What if Almeida was to recover and somehow beat you? You know what I mean? Like you gotta. I, I think like you asked, was that last punch necessary? Absolutely, it's necessary. Because you got to finish the fight. You got to always get the guy out of there when you have a chance to get him out of there and let the referee wave you off. And if you don't do that, then you give room for controversy. And that fight lasted two rounds longer than it should have. Yeah, that's the question from the fans, though, like the people watching. I I agree. It was absolutely necessary. Like, (laughs) let me make sure... I confirm this kill, double tap, whatever you want to call it. 
people it's it's hard to satisfy certain people man like if the fight gets stopped too soon they're like okay why didn't you why didn't let that guy have a chance to continue he was still fighting give him a chance to continue and if a fight goes too long they're like oh my god what's going on here like the guy's clearly out of there i feel like the referees can't be perfect the people they just you know do you know uh what are you gonna do what am i gonna do i'm not gonna do nothing i'm just gonna tell you what i saw yeah i saw earlier today i don't know who tweeted it to be perfectly honest but i believe Dominic Cruz versus Sean O'Malley might be the next fight. And so, oh, very intriguing. I like that. Interesting. Injury bowl. Injury bowl. <laughs> oh my god. Who can make it to the fight is the winner. Oh, I'm training for this fight, man. My leg though, man. Oh no. Who can survive? Not just <laughs> who, can, who can survive training camp? Right. <laughs> we gonna make weight. It's just who can survive training camp. Glass <laughs> cannon versus glass cannon. That's an interesting matchup though, in all levels if it does happen. Well that should get top did, did Sean O'Malley move into the top fifteen? Oh, we'll find out tomorrow. Okay. Tuesday is when they usually do the updates for the rankings. Okay. Yo. Yeah, they do all the uh Predictions he should move day. into the and top 15 again. Well, I think Almeida was 15, so he's probably low 15. So, to be honest, if he gets a next fight, I don't know if Dominic Cruz is the right place to be. Dominic Cruz is like even though it is interesting. Or something before, like he was way is down. He? There. Did he drop? The- he oh, he's nine. Down he's nine. He's right nine now. right now. Like, I know he dropped like nine before. Right like he was really low before. And he only moved up one spot, maybe. How many spots did he move? Did it, does it say? Or no? Uh, he's not on there yet. He's not in top 15 yet. For Well, it's Tuesday. Once Tuesday Sean. comes around, that's when uh, they move in. Oh, okay. Yeah, as you can see, this is from, like, previously. From last Tuesday. Dominic Cruz is at 10. I imagine uh, Sean O'Malley's gonna move into the top fifteen. One of these dudes is in the top or the bottom fifteen is gonna move out. I don't know who, but I imagine uh, they'll probably put him somewhere in. around twelve or thirteen. I say fourteen. I, I say fourteen. You think that low? Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be fourteen. Marlon Vera is uh. Who's Marlon Vera again? Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera is legit. Yeah, but I, I think good. with his name and the hype behind him, they'll probably put him under Jimmy Rivera. Hmm. Well, he, regardless, of, regardless of where wait, 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 wait. Marlon well, Vera is the one that beat him. Cheeto, yes. right? That's Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Okay, he lost the Aldo last. So how the fuck did he get put all the way to fifteen? You know what I'm saying? Like, because this is a killer division. It certainly is. Like Jimmy Rivera at number eleven. Yeah, you got a killer division. Yep, yep. So Sean O'Malley might not even get fucking ranked. Like straight up. Mm, Yeah. 
to be tough. He might not even get ranked. Probably not. Because we'll Cheeto beat him. So how are you going to put Cheeto out of the uh, top 15 and move O'Malley in? That's, man. I mean, there's clearly an answer to that. MMA math? No, nah, really? I don't know. No, Running back. As much as I would like to see that fight, that might be the fight to make, actually. Think about it. Like, uh, O'Malley says he didn't lose that fight. Yeah, he ain't lost. He ain't lost. He undefeated still. So, (coughs) fool me one time. Yeah, exactly. Um, We can move right into the next fight. Um... Vicente Luque versus uh, Tyron Woodley. Now, we talked about that one on the last show. We talked about the significance of this fight for Woodley. Obviously, it has a lot of significance for Vicente as well, as he is an ascending star in the welterweight division. Um, Coming off that loss to Wonderboy, Vicente has looked very impressive in his last few outings, including this Tyron Woodley fight. I want to get your thoughts quickly on um, on the fight itself, Mosey, because we, at the outset, like, like, we, we, like we talked about, Tyron has lost, like, his last three fights, and in those three fights, he don't even have a round that he looked good in. So, this being his fight um, his last fight of his contract. What do you think about Woodley? Woodley's futures going forward, and what do you think about the results of the Vicente Luque Tyron Woodley fight? Oh man, Tyron got all the makings to be a champion, but times passed him. He came in to that that fight. At first, he started kind of timid, right? And then he went in, guns blazing, right? Like, he was looking like vintage Tyron Woodley. And then he got caught slipping. Next thing you know, he paid for it. I don't know if it's age or just being so on the defensive for so many fights. Just if you look at it, he's just been on the the defensive, trying to not get finished for fifteen rounds. Well, not even fifteen rounds. I'd say fourteen and a half, because he broke his ribs or something against Kobe. Mm-hmm. And in this fight, he came in. He he stopped being gun shy and he started throwing, and then he finally connected. Like he finally connected. He did his classic overhand. And he he got some damage in. He saw the the effects. He had him wobbled, but nah, it wasn't good enough. You fighting a young hungry lion. That boy don't give up. He got a lot of losses, but they good losses. And then he got darsed. Like <laughs> that's that's something special. You get put in that one of those, and you, yeah, nothing. I ain't taking nothing away from Luke. That boy's good. I feel he's ranked lower than where he should be at, honestly. Not anymore. Yeah, like the next fight he should fight is uh Kiesa, straight up. 
or maybe even Leon Edwards if they want to give him like a big fish. But then you still got uh, Wonder Boy out there. Wonder Boy actually should fight either Gilbert Burns or Leon Edwards, and that should uh, determine the next title contender. <coughs> but Luke should fight Kiesa, just because. Marky Mark, what do you think, man? My thought process is pretty much the same. <clears throat> Luke looked like vintage Luke, and Woodley looked like vintage Woodley. He, he started out a little slow, but then something clicked in him where he just was like, I need to get back to the explosive person that I was that made me champ. And he did it. And I loved it for the short period of time we got to see it. Because that was a barn burner of a fight, as short as it was. But, once again, I honestly do think that time has caught up to him. He's just... He's got too many things going on outside, and he's just older now. It is a young man's sport, and that is where the UFC is leading right now. Yeah. But beautiful job by Luke. All of it. Getting rocked like that, coming back, rocking Woodley, and then finishing with that submission. Beautiful. This, this fight reminds me of a classic UFC fight. And... It was also a fight between an aging champion and a age, sorry, an aging former champion and a young ascending star. It's, it reminds me of Chuck Liddell versus <clears throat> Rashad Evans. And when Woodley had Vicente hurt, he kind of, you know, went guns cocked and was not really he was just trying to go for a finish and he was loading up on every shot uh and luke kept his you know bearings even though he was hurt and was able to counter tyron woodley very well it was a very good display by vicente and even though he's ranked 10th right now after that uh after that that was a very good finish like i say uh hurt woodley he had really badly wobbled in that fight, and then and he finished it with a submission. But that was a tough, a tough little tough road to go through for Woodley. I don't know where he goes from here. Um, this is that was the last time his contract. Um, like you just said, Mark, dude's pushing forty. And Dana when, said he should retire, though. Yeah, when you, I mean, when you says that, you know what time it is. Right, and he's, it's not like he's losing razor thin fights. He's getting blown out. Like it, 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 every for the last four fights, you can't really say he had a shot. Really, I mean, I mean, he had a shot in this one. He had a shot. He, he got this, he got one hit. Probably his worst loss. He got he got he had one moment where he looked good. When he landed that overhand right, but if you outside of that, that it was Vicente Luque show. Yeah. So, I mean, people. Some would argue it's it's more. Uh, it's 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 probably worse to get dominated for five straight rounds and get you know fifty forty five as they say as the kids say these days. Um, uh, but, right, fifty forty three. That's what they go with. 
Damn, you're giving them some okay. Yeah, that's um, dominations. That's what they go with now. So if you if I mean if it, wow. If you're gonna do that, um but I mean getting getting finished is probably I, I I would say getting finished is worse. First round. Right. Like that's come on, man. Um I don't know. I think Vicente, like you said, uh, if he were to get Leon Edwards, that would be a rematch because he's already lost to Leon Edwards. Um, but there's a the welterweight division is stacked. I like what you said earlier when you mentioned him getting a crack at Kiesa. That's, That's a good fight. It's a good one. Uh, we can jump right into the main, the main, the main, main, mainy, the big fish. Heavyweight division. We started this podcast talking about the heavyweights. All right. The big boys. And we had the big boy rematch. Biggest, baddest rematch on 260. Uh, Stipe Miocic, obviously heavily decorated. Pro- uh, probably will go down as one of the greatest UFC heavyweight champions and maybe even one of the best mixed martial arts heavyweight champions of all time, given his resume and the fact that he's defended the heavyweight title more than anyone else. Um, and Francis Ngannou, obviously, probably, if you look at him, if you were just to take a picture of him and post him and say, what does that guy do? You would probably be like, oh, he fucks people up for a living because he looks exactly like what a heavyweight champion would look like. Um... So you get this re- this match this rematch where obviously in the first matchup Stephen was able to control weather the storm and control Francis Ngannou for the victory. I called second round knockout by Francis because I saw some things when I watched the fight the first time. Um, I saw some some things where I was like Stephen had some near misses, so I. I put that together as I thought, you know, Francis would be a little bit more patient in the second outing uh, and be able to catch Stipe early in the second, which I was, uh, I called that one right. Um, Mosey, I want you to quickly give me, I mean, your thoughts on that one. Yo, let me tell you, you know what surprised me the most? I'll be Captain Obvious on this one. That sprawl. Oh, y'all seen that sprawl? Oh, oh yeah. I'm just making sure. Oh, y'all seen that sprawl, right? Yeah. I saw, you saw more the legs. Than... You saw Hold how on. them legs look? Hold on. I saw more than that sprawl. You saw I that saw sprawl, sprawl and a back take. Yeah, exactly. And then right. from there, did you see what he did? Okay, I'm just making sure. And then from you there. That offensive wrestling? Exactly. When I yep. seen that, I was like, oh, my God. He been practicing. He, he been in the lab. He been doing this shit. Like this dude, he but also his patience. The patience. He was very calm and collective. But when I seen that sprawl, I was like, oh my God. If Stipe is gonna win this fight, he's gotta do a lot better than that. But then he turned it around on him. He said, I got your back now. And you saw the barrage of hits? Like he was landing? Like he was landing something. Like I don't know how Stipe, I don't know how Stipe survived that shit. Like Jesus. He survived the, the round. 
And then the second round came in. He he called him one time, right? You know that trade they had? Yeah. It wasn't good enough, though. It wasn't good enough. That trade is what was the downfall of him. He thought he connected, like, enough to hurt him. And he saw the opening that he thought he had, but he didn't have. And that's why he went to sleep. And you saw his leg? You saw his leg, right? I'm just, I'm just asking you guys right now. You guys saw the same Croatian crumble. Yep. That was eerily reminiscent of Miracle Crocop. Right? The, uh, the Crocop crumble, right? You saw his leg, right? Yes. It's very similar. Same thing. Lights out. One more on the ground. Ref called it. And then you got it. Marky Mark, what do you think, bro? Amazing fight. Not the way I wanted it to go at all. But so excited. Heart pumping every second of the way. When that sprawl happened, everything changed. Everything in the heavyweight division, period, changed with that sprawl. Period. Because right when you saw that he had takedown defense, and he had learned not to just hug, and he pushed down on that head, I was like, oh my god. This man is 34 and going to become unstoppable. And yes, Stipe, I don't know how he made it out of the first round. He took some heavy bombs. I don't, I don't think there is a man on the roster that could take those shots and still be standing the way that Stipe made it out of that first round. When he took that back, hit him with like four heavy bombs, no one can take those. He knocked him with an overhand right before that even and staggered him. How did he get out of that first round? And then the second round, it was just, it was done. You could even see it in Stipe's eyes and the, and in between rounds when he was talking to his coaches, he had this look like, fuck, I'm in for a night. Facts. Facts. Um, <clears throat> watching the first round, like, you said, like we all said, um, that sprawl did change a lot because everybody's path to victory at the outset for Stipe was to be able to take Francis down and control him on the ground. When Francis not only stuffed that takedown, but was able to take Stipe's back and do damage from there, that changed the dynamic of the fight entirely. Because now, in the back of Stipe's mind, I could end up in that spot again if I go for, if I try to engage with grappling. Because one, uh, in the first fight, Stipe was able to take Francis down at will. In the second fight, not only was he not able to take him down, but I don't even know if Stipe has the advantage in grappling anymore. Because the, with, the, with that, that back take, that was some pretty high-level stuff. And for someone to cover the gap, and we always talk about how hard it is to cover the gap in grappling. But, man, some guys can just do it. I mean, some guys have the raw talent and drive to be able to, we saw it. We've seen it in the, in the past. It's not common, but GSP was able to do it. He was able to go from being a guy who never wrestled to a guy who was the best wrestler in his division after taking it, you know, more serious and 
making that be a main focus. And we this might be what we see with Francis Ngannou. Now, is he going to become an All-American? I don't know, but I don't think he has a disadvantage anymore in the grappling aspect when it comes to straight-up wrestling because that was very impressive. And we know Stipe has the credentials to wrestle with anybody at heavyweight. So... I don't know where Stipe goes from here. He is a little older. He said he wants to take some time off. But I saw at the end of that first round, Stipe look up at the clock and like I was like, man, I don't know if he wants to be in there right now. Because one, Francis is a, that's a, he's a huge, huge heavyweight. And I think Stipe had to engage into that firefight in the second round because I don't. He what other what other edge is he going to try to exploit? There's no. He doesn't have the edge in grappling, so the only way, the only other path for victory for him probably in his mind was I gotta just try to knock this guy out. I gotta go for broke because I can't sustain five rounds of that. And we saw Francis drop Stipe with a jab. I was like, damn, that's bad news for the rest of the heavyweight division. Um. Look, uh, going forward from this, I don't know if you want to do a trilogy given the fact that Stipe might be out for quite some time. He doesn't fight that often anyway, but after getting knocked out that like that, he might take a little bit more time off. Um, and then there's ob- some obvious contenders. Mark said, I don't know if there's another man who could have with would stay in that barrage. I only know of one other man that could withstand that barrage, and that is Derek Lewis. Because we we've seen Derek Lewis hurt pretty bad in the past and been able to come back. We've also seen Derek Lewis get worked for multiple rounds and then finish the fight at the last moment. So that's pretty much. The only guy at heavyweight currently, hint, hint, wink, wink, that can potentially survive that kind of barrage and still put on a show. But uh, shout out to Francis Ngannou for making my prediction look good. I call second round knockout. He got it done in the second round. Um, Stipe, heal up, come back. Let's see what you can do. But uh, Mosey, I want to ask you this question. What do you think? The heavyweight, who do you see as the next heavyweight contender for Francis? Well, besides all the controversy, from what I was told, it was supposed to be John Jones. Now, all this tweets and whatnot about pay me more, John Jones should drop down to 185 and whatever. Why are they doing this? Why do they got to do this? I understand John Jones wants to get paid. He deserves to get paid. The UFC makes he deserves so much to get money. paid depending on what he wants. Exactly. The UFC makes so much money, so why can't we just get the fight that makes sense? This is not boxing. Like, why? We need this fight already. We need... We, we was already supposed to have John Jones versus whoever is going to win this fight. Why are they beating around the bush? Why are they trying to create some new drama? 
Derrick Lewis doesn't want to fight for the belt. He don't care. He wants to fight a guy that's been cut from the UFC. <laughs> Why can't we get John Jones versus Francis? The fight that everybody needs to see and wants to see. It makes no sense. Money, 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 money. I think it's all about the money. And obviously both sides are kind of playing up. They're trying to both play that leverage battle. Um, I think John holds all the cards, though. Mainly because, look, Dana wanted that result so that they can have that fight. But I guess... I guess they don't want to um, just pretty much because look, look, look at the precedent you set. If you instantly cave and go, hey, look, okay, we're gonna pay this guy whatever he wants. The precedent you set is now like every top fighter is gonna want to do that same thing. So they're gonna have to put on some kind of dog and pony show to play like, oh, we're going to him and Hall and these other guys, and then eventually, you know, they're gonna work out something. And that's definitely going to be the fight, I think. But I don't know. I mean, we've seen fights that seem to make a lot of sense not come together. Marky Mark, what do you think, bro? I mean, yes, it's all a dog and pony show for the money. It's all negotiations in the public. It's just pushing and shoving. That's all it is. But at the end of the day, I think the UFC actually holds the cards. Because... Even though John Jones is this big draw, and he does, this is probably one of the biggest fights they can make, period. There's other fights they can do. Naganu just made himself a star. And with his next fight, no matter who it's against, once he starches him in the first round, he's a superstar, period. You think about taking, let's say he won the first fight against Stipe and became champion back then. If he did that, and then his next two fights, he starts them in the first round just like that, looking the way that he is, he is one of the biggest stars in the UFC, period. It's the first time that we've had a heavyweight that can carry the, the torch like he can. That is true. That is true. That is very so, true. The UFC's already got what they want whether John Jones steps up or not. And John Jones has made himself enough of an enemy that not too many people are going to turn away from just being like, oh, well, John Jones is just being a dick. John Jones is just a jackass. That's, you, mean, you brought up a really good point that I didn't, even, I didn't even consider. Francis is a big needle mover. And right. that, that alone does give the UFC a ton of leverage. Because they can easily market Cyril Gaon as the next person, too. Yeah, they literally got their uh, Mike Tyson right now. Yep. Like, literally, they really do. If you really look at it, like this dude's just first round knocking out everybody. Second round, well, still with Stipe. That was the previous best champion. So they really got mm -hmm. the star now. They really do. Yeah, they do. You got this guy. I mean, look at Stipe. He wasn't as marketable as you would want compared to other champions. And finally, you got Francis. This guy right here. He got all the... He looked like a action figure, you know? 
and he's and his highlights go with it. So it's like you finally got this heavyweight, your heavyweight. You got your heavyweight. They could make something crazy if Jan beats Glover easily. They could do something crazy. They could do something crazy. Have uh this guy come up and wait if they get nothing going. If he like runs through Derek Lewis in one round, and he takes no damage. If they fight again, or even who's hmm. number two? Ah, uh, they ain't gonna do another Curtis Blades. I don't see that one happening. Cyril gone maybe. Cyril, yeah, my boy Cyril. Is he Cyril's number four, right? Yeah, he's number four. I don't see Curtis Blades getting a fight for a title after losing twice to him. So it's Derek Lewis is probably the only heavyweight that they would actually make a fight out of unless they do the instant rematch. If John Jones doesn't get nothing worked out with. I don't think there's a chance for an instant rematch for two reasons. Um, the first reason is Stipe is going to take time off. That's the most important reason. The second reason is, and I think this is why uh, Mark has had made a really good point uh, that UFC might have their actual guy because they could carry that torch. Because not only is Francis this heavily marketable uh, knockout artist at heavyweight, he also loves to be active. He likes to. He wants to fight often. Yeah, I and, think they're gonna keep him active. They're not gonna yeah. hold him out for the rest of the year. Well, that's, that was kind of Stipe's biggest downfall is he didn't want to be as active. He didn't want to fight multiple times a year, whereas Ngannou's already looking for a next opponent. He wants to fight in July. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So and that's what that was my uh, prediction. July, John Jones and uh, Francis in National Fight Week. Yeah, that's the main card. And then uh, Poirier and McGregor was the co-main event. Mm-hmm. That, that was my uh, prediction. Well, hey, I don't sp- think that's going to happen. Speaking about the future and the upcoming things in the UFC, we got some fight announcements, right? Oh, yes, we, we definitely do. We definitely do. What have, what have the uh, what have we what have been hearing on the internet, man? What's up? Who's um who's up next? Officially, we got Tony Ferguson versus uh Benil Dariush. I believe oh, that's the yes. co-main event for the Oliveira Chandler card. Mm. The two sixty two. Houston Texas. And then also on top of that, we got the featherweight matchup with uh Edson Barbosa against Shane Burgos. Fireworks. Uh, should be a banger. And also Jack Hermanson against Edmund Shabazian. Ooh. Hermanson and Shabazian just had some pretty big L's. Um, Hermanson, really good grappler. So we should, that should be an interesting one. Shabazian uh, coming off that knockout loss to um, Derek Brunson. Let's see how he can come back. A lot of good fights coming up. A lot of a lot of future stuff. I don't know where Stipe goes though. I really Stipe. I say Stipe resets. They do probably a Francis and 
somebody fight, whether it be John Jones, if they can come to terms, or if they do the rematch with Derek Lewis or Serial gets up there. Sorry, I'm murdering that guy's name again, but he will forever be Serial. Yeah, Serial. (laughs) It's either going to be (laughs) Francis versus Derek Lewis or Francis versus John Jones. And then Stipe is either going to fight Curtis Blades or Serial Gun. One of the two. I don't see. But with Stipe taking time off, it might be Serial against Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis. That's, that's the only way to go. There's going to be an odd man out, obviously. I think Derek Lewis actually wants the Serial fight, to be honest. I think he called him out at one point. I'm not 100 percent on that. Uh, he was he was calling. He said it's a good matchup for him, and he has all the hype. He was calling for Overeem after his last victory. He also yeah, but I think after that, after he got cut, he called for. He did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's a good. That's a good matchup. Very intriguing matchup, actually. Yeah, because Derek Lewis wants to be co-main event champ. Exactly. I don't think he wants the title, bro. I think he just wants to fight everybody else that's not having the title. Well, he would want the title if it wasn't five rounds. <laughs> oh, a three-round title fight? Sign me up. Well, that's the thing about being a champ. Every fight's five rounds when you get a champ. Right. <laughs> so I, as much as um, I think I, he's – Derek's a throwback. UFC kind of guy, like he just wants to scrap. He's not really interested in the belt. And maybe an, I don't know. I, I know he had a conversation on on Rogan where he was like, he's not really looking for that. Like that's not his motivation for fighting. Whereas that's that is not true for like ninety nine percent of the roster. Most guys that enter the UFC want to become champion. Derek just wants to scrap. So, um. It does leave some some interesting uh, matchups for Francis, like th- what Mosey said uh, about Blahovich potentially jumping up. Ah, uh, no, I-, I don't see any shot of that happening. It can happen. It can happen. No. I don't think Blahovich would do that. No way. You never know. I guess. I mean, I- I'm I'm here for it. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. Sign me up. Oh, I'm yeah, here for sure. it. I just don't see it. If he wants to clean out the division before he does something, but right. you never know. Because that just, top five is looking very spicy. Yes, it is. He still got to get through Glover, Rackage, and uh, damn, my dude went down a spot? Jerry Projaka? God, dog, how do he go down a spot? He didn't even fight yet. How do he go down a spot? An activity? No, he's got a fight against Dominic Reyes coming up. That's why I'm like, how did he go down a spot without <laughs> fighting? Like, it makes no sense, man. <laughs> they they boosted up Tiago Santos, and I believe he lost, right? He lost, right? Yeah, he lost a rackage. How did Tiago Santos go up three spots? I'm not. I'm. I'm not taking control of these rankings, bro. I'm just here. Who? Who? <laughs> who does these rankings, bro? 
Bro, he moved up three spots after a loss. I don't get it. Like, somebody tell me what's going on here. I guess it's like a popularity contest, dog. <laughs> Dude, like, how do you go up three spots after a loss? And then you make the next dudes that you was below go down the spot. I don't get it. Yeah, I can't. I really I don't. It's all the online like, media. They, they're the ones that do all the voting. Like, I'm for looking it. at it currently. Like, how? How does this happen? Oh, and them, them pound for pound rankings, dude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and it's not even updated. Tomorrow's the update. So just imagine. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, buddy. John Jones is number one still, right? And uh, Kamaru Usman's mm-hmm. number two, and Stipe's number three. And they all got like, they moved up one spot. So just imagine what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm, ex- I'm here for it. There's going to be a shuffle. Yeah. It's going to be something crazy. Because Francis was number 13. So how far does Stipe drop? Right? Ooh, I would imagine outside of the top five for sure. Um, I'd say Stipe switched spots with Francis. Ooh. Oh, you think he'll drop that far? Yes. I don't know about that. I think he'll drop. Wait, wait, wait. I'm looking at it. Oh, he didn't want to have the light. I think he'll still be top 10. I, I, I'm, I'm with Mark on that one. This whole yeah. pound for pound ranking is so odd to begin with. Yeah, Come on, man. What does that even mean? Greatest heavy. Because they have Volkanovski over Israel. Like, I disagree with that 100%. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's hard to say after he beat Max the way that he did twice. Oh, like so, uh, getting dropped twice in the second. I mean, I know they were close fights, but having two wins over one of the greatest, it, it helps your pound for pound. Uh, not decisive, though. Yes. Mark, why why you like moving up like this, bro? Like you see, I, I give him one, but the second one not so much. I'm a Holloway fan too. I think Holloway actually won the second one. But yeah, yeah me too. They got Poirier at number six. I, I agree with that one. I feel like all of the champions, the true champions, should all be like in the top ten before they start adding more people. That's not champions. Oh, man. This. But Dustin Poirier is a true champion. But he just vacated his title shot to fight for the money. Yeah, Yeah. the future of the lightweight division is going to be nuts going forward. Oh, yeah. There's so many, so many contenders, too. Um, And one in that division at the bottom of the division. And then at the top, when you get to the creme de la creme, we got a lot of killers. Uh, I like the fact that Dustin went for that money and took the, the fight, the rematch. I heard, well, I heard a rumor that that fight was going to be happening sooner rather than later. July That's 10th, supposedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rumor. When I, when I called it. <laughs> like, rumor. that's the international fight week. I, I'm, you know, I'm here for it, baby. I'm down. I that see one, that. and then uh, hopefully we get John Jones and Francis on there as the main event. How, how the internet would break 
That's the lose. best card they could put oh. on for like the next quarter of the year. Or however I don't think they'll do it though. I I don't think if, they'll either. But fans, if Corey and Dustin were for a belt, then they would make that a co-main event. But since it's not for a belt, they're not going to make it for a co-main event because they want that to be a five-round affair. That's going to be a main event, period. They could make it. Uh, they could do whatever they want. <laughs> they, but, yeah, you're right. They don't want to make that, like, a three-round fight. They definitely want to mm-hmm. make that the main event. That was a really good point. Um, I'm I'm excited. I want to. I can't. I can't wait to see the the trilogy, the rubber well, rubber match trilogy between Connor and Dustin. That was a good. Uh, I, I, I'm here for. That's a good fight for MMA in general. Anytime Connor's in the ring, it brings all the filthy casuals out. All and- the- Anytime Dustin's in the ring, it brings out all the purists. So, see with, with Connor, I really want to see if he adjusts and he starts fighting like how he used to fight with his wide open stance and everything. I don't care about that. Let me ask you this Do you think him fighting with that wide karate stance is going to be an adjustment? Because I, if I could recall correctly, he got, he got fucked up with low calf kicks. And having that wide stance isn't good for that. When he had that wide open stance, it seemed like his movement was more active instead of just standing there in the boxer stance. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But you never Mm. know. He also wasn't defending calf kicks either. Exactly. He might go back and train to defend that now. I'm pretty sure the dudes he's uh, his coaches are they got something in the works for it. He better. I'm or sounding like a Connor fan over here. <laughs> he might get his touch butt uh coach back. Get his touch butt coat back and get that movement going again. He gonna have to. Cause look, Dustin was impressive, man. Yeah. He took it was like when he took that shot and he didn't go out. I guess that that shot up his confidence. It's like, oh, I ate that shit. What's up? Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's what happens when you're out for like a year, when you don't fight for a year in the uh, super competitive division. You can't just like chill out. Everybody's getting better. Everybody, everybody's in the lab. That's the well, we all we said this again. I was I was I said earlier when I was talking about Tyron Woodley. Man, you, if you if you're in a fight game, you gotta be all in. You can't have side projects. You can't do anything else because the guys you're fighting don't have that. They they're just fighting. They eat, sleep, shit, fighting. And if you ain't in that grind, man, you gonna get grinded. So there's a few exceptions of guys who can take pop shots here and there that can take time off and do okay. But for the most part, you gonna get barbecued. I, but I, I that, the no. only counter argument to that is Stipe being a full-time fireman and still becoming the greatest heavyweight of all time. But yeah. that's a very special person right there. <laughs> He's definitely an exception to the rule because this dude still got a job as a fireman while being one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. That's pretty, oh. 
he might have to clock in tomorrow. Right. Like might I think Stevie might have some paid leave. <laughs> I hope so, but he might have to clock in tomorrow. I don't know. He, I hope he's, he got some PTO he's saving days. lives every day. <laughs> he better have some PTO days saved up because I don't think his egg, I think his egg is still a little bit scrambled, G. Yo, his leg, man. Oh my god. Yeah, that was bad, bro. <laughs> Francis is fucking scary, man. All, all jokes aside, uh, going before the previous to seeing this fight, I was like, oh yes, yeah, I like John Jones against any heavyweight. However, however, after what? watching Francis sprawl and takes and take Stipe's back like that, I'm not so convinced no more, bro. We gotta Dang. see it though. We gotta see it though. I'm still pretty confident in Jones in that fight. I still, I still want to see what his movement's going to be like with all the extra weight on him. That's still my factor. But if we can see old John Jones just at a heavier weight, I think he can. He knows distance better than anybody. He knows how to play at his distance, and I think that'll be the key factor in him fighting Francis. But I really just want to know how he's going to move at that weight. That's the big one for me because that was one of the things that gave Jones so much of an edge is the fact that he has that 85-inch reach. He's also a really good tactician and keeping his opponents on the outside. However, with that extra weight gain, I'm not just – I mean, yeah, that's a big factor of him not being able to move correctly. I'm also – want to know how what kind of stamina is he going to have is he going to be able to continue to move and not get tired because one thing that jones had going for him at light heavyweight was he never gassed you never saw jones gas that's true but Mm -hmm. adding all that extra muscle will he be able to maintain that pace of moving around and landing his strikes from the outside without becoming compromised in the latter rounds. And that's what worries me about him against Nganu is literally Francis is more patient now. So before I was like, okay, well, Francis might go out there, shoot his load in the first round and be dead in the water. And Jones, Jones would just pick him apart. But that's not what we saw from the recent incarnation of Francis Ngannou. The most recent, we saw him super patient very tactical, not windmilling punches, throwing jabs. Francis has a jab. What? Um, Francis has leg kicks. He landed three strong leg kicks on Stipe. That's scary, bro. And the fact that he can wrestle not just defensively, but offensively, that's a whole load to deal with for any man on the planet. Um, Jones, out of anybody... I would say that's the guy that can solve that puzzle. But I went from having Jones as a big favorite to that gap is closing, bro. I saw Francis's stock rise, and I'm that's a pick to me. Now, as opposed to I thought that Fred Jones would have a clear advantage previous to seeing the Stipe fight. So, look. We'll see. We'll see. I, I want to see it. I, do, I don't. I want this fight to happen because for, for two reasons. Because one, I think the whole MMA world would just completely. He would rip the fabric right off 
the I mean, I'm talking about the the MMA world would be bananas. You think it'll unite the casuals and the hardcores together? Bro, for if, if Jones, <laughs> if John Jones, supersized John Jones, just goes to heavyweight and beats the shit out of Francis Ngannou, takes the title. Now that's gonna rip everybody's heart apart because one, Francis is super lovable. Not only is he this heavyweight champion that knocks everybody out, body out in the first round. He's very his story is super like relate not relatable, but it's very humbling. You when you think about his story and the fact that he's such a nice dude, that gives everybody it's he's easy, it's hard to pull against Francis, where it's really easy to pull against John Jones because of all the shit he's done and the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he's so, like the bad guy. He's the he's heel. the bad guy. It would be he's like watching. This would be for real, like watching Batman lose to the Joker live. Yeah, he's the bad guy. He's literally yeah. the bad guy. Right. Actually, more. It would be more like seeing because I guess Francis would be Superman, given all this like. How crazy he's beating everybody! It would be literally like watching Superman just get killed on live TV if he would get smashed. Superman versus Doomsday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm look, I'm punching the ticket. You tell me when they want to fight. You tell me when they're getting in the cage. Sign me the fuck up. I'm in. However, it's in July. However, I don't know who I'm betting on, dog. <laughs> I don't it's one it. of those ones. I don't know, man. Whoever's the underdog. Yeah, I'll take yeah, the that's underdog. Truly exciting. The dog. That's truly exciting because I have no idea what could happen in that fight. Oh, I have well here's the thing that gives me a little bit of I guess confidence in John Jones. He doesn't struggle with boxers. All punches don't give him a lot of trouble historically. However, he never faced a creature like that. Never. So, <laughs> you guys all uh, got any closing thoughts? Well, no, you know, I, well, we didn't. Obviously, we got to do one thing, one last thing. We got to give our ashy knuckle moment of the week. My ashy knuckle moment is obvious. Uh, I called. Francis Ngannou knocking Stipe Miocic out in the second round. That second round jab that floored Stipe, that is my ashy knuckle moment of the week. Mo? Uh, mine, mine is definitely Sean O'Malley with that last punch after he dropped Almeida. Like, he definitely he put some lotion on his knuckles after that. For sure. Woo! For sure. Mark. 100%. I'm on the same fight as you, but a different moment. Mine is that Francis Naganu sprawl. Like I said earlier, that sprawl is my Ashley Knuckles moment because it changed the heavyweight division, period. It is a new game now in the heavyweights. Uh, yep, this game on for these boys. But uh, on that note, <clears throat> um, we can just zip this thing up. Yeah. Zip it up? Zip it out. Zippity doo da. Mm-hmm. <laughs>